Good morning, heaven. <laughs> Folks, uh, today is the third anniversary of Robin Williams' death, and uh, we're doing a commemorative show about our favorite movies that Robin Williams is in. We're going around the room saying what we like the most. I'm going to start out Beetlejuice. <laughs> Will sounds weird, and I think it might just be because he's now. Okay. How do I sound now? <laughs> Sorry. How do I sound now? Is it still echoey? Hey, everybody. We're podding. It's the Sebastian Gorka Show. Today we'll be discussing whether it's okay to swear loyalty to a Hungarian neo-Nazi uh, organization. I uh, think there's a moral gray area myself. Uh, I don't know, dog. Uh, you look at some of those old groups in the region, like the Chetniks, and uh, you know what? Things evolve over time. Maybe you were allied with the Nazis in 1942, but then maybe after they liquidated your entire family, because you know you were, you know, regardless of what group you were in, you were less a race. <laughs> It didn't matter if your ancestors intermixed with the Bavarians. Yeah, you know, no, the problem is is that Arrow Cross, those guys, they were hip-hop Nazi collaborators. They were flashy. They were all over the place. They were all, look at me, give me the Iron, Cro- the iron Guard. Those guys will lunch pale Nazi collaborators, and I respect that way more. <laughs> I than don't that know. I don't Hungarian know. Dog. I mean, first of all, you look at you, you go into any Serbian football forum right now, <laughs> and they're still saying Chetnik this, Chetnik that. It's Chapo for this week. Um, joining me, as always, is Felix Biederman. Hey, everyone. Matt Chrisman. Hi. Virgil, Texas. Hey, hey, how are you? <laughs> and joining us as our special guest for this week, we have Leon, or you might know him better as the pixelated bird from Twitter. Hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> Leon, how's it going? Uh, pretty good. Thank you for joining us this week. Um, Leon is a bird in real life, too. He's yes, a pixelated bird. I am pooping on my cloaca as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> Does that save time, having a cloaca? Uh, yeah, but it's a... It's a, it's a sh- it sucks to clean up, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before we get uh, before we started on some of the, the topics and uh, hijinks that uh, we have planned for this week, I'd just like to acknowledge uh, straight away uh, another Chapo celebrity beef. Uh, you remember last time we were beefing with Michael Rappaport over his uh, frequent uh, guest appearances, or rather Eli Lake's frequent guest appearances on his podcast. That, that I thought was a, a great celebrity beef. But uh, now we're back on our bullshit, and the uh, incredibly <laughs> shitty rapper and former editor-in-chief of The Source magazine, Benzino, has decided to go in on Felix today. Can I, can I give context? <laughs> Please do. Okay, so last night, as one does, I was watching every single Eminem video made after 2003. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so I got to Toy Soldiers, which... I remember being a horribly shitty song when I was 14, but I remember seeing the video when I was 14 and being like, oh, this is kind of cool. But I watched it last night at the age of 26, and holy shit, it could be the worst thing ever made. It's the worst. They should have just stopped having music videos after that. It's just this awful, like, gangland-style reenactment and, like, uh, like cloying, saturn scenes of bullshit. But anyway, like, the song is about Eminem's beef with Benzino, which... Is if Eminem were Mussolini, then his beef with the Benzino would be Italy and Ethiopia or Greece. He won, but at what cost? He had a five year long beef with the Benzino and like almost killed himself. And it's like, wait, why? I think Benzino is <laughs> one of the worst rappers ever. So I was talking about this with a friend of the show, Zlinger, and I was like, yeah, Benzino is the most trash 
fucking rapper alive. And this morning, Benzino found it and said, man, you fucking meth head piece of shit. I'm going to come to where you live and slap the shit out of you live. Pussy. <laughs> Pussy. 100. <laughs> so and now, thanks to that. Michael Rappaport is the second worst rapper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Benzino is still a better rapper than Eli Lake, though. Anyway, uh, I, I I very much enjoyed that. Uh, now that we're on uh, Benzino's radar, uh, I like I said, Felix, you you pattern yourself after Eminem, and now it's really all coming true. It is. You're beefing with Benzino just like Eminem. Yeah. I can't wait till like, it stops being funny after like a week, and then I put a... Like he says something about like my family or something, and I may release a really overly emotional podcast where I'm like, he crossed a motherfucking line. I'm gonna kill you, Benzino. <laughs> and then like one of you get shot, and I make a horrible music video about it, and everyone makes fun of it, and then it truly becomes full circle. Felix, you say that, but given our now uncanny penchant for uh just making things happen i, I kind of wish you didn't say that on the show yeah but it also means like eminem i'm gonna fuck mariah carey <laughs> so if one of you just gets shot so if i, get I die that. and you get to have sex you're not mariah. gonna die eminem's okay. friend didn't die like wait didn't the guy from d12 die didn't one of them get killed oh man i should know this <laughs> fuck <laughs> we've already gone so uh, far let's get a new member of the podcast who <laughs> if they died we wouldn't feel that bad about it <laughs> Leon, thanks for joining yeah, Leon, us, by hey, the way. What's up, dude? Are you interested in being a, a couple uh, I have never died before. Okay, be so uh, that was a, a fruitful beginning uh, to uh, today uh, and the show. But, you know, as always, uh, the news and current events doesn't stop for just our um, inscrutable, um, sub-mental uh, Twitter beefs with uh, D-list celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> All Benzino's fans are people who like dislocated their shoulders doing the B-boy stance in 1985. <laughs> <laughs> That's hip-hop. Felix is doing it for the culture, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so what the fuck did we say we were going to uh, actually discuss here? Uh, Trump's tax returns? Yeah. yeah. Oh, how oh about boy. it, folks? Here sir, it you son of a bitch. You epic son of a bitch. Sir, how dare you, sir? Yeah. That was the uh, that was the big uh, news drop this week, man. Wasn't that funny when uh, <laughs> everyone was just like, 9 p.m. tonight, it's going down, folks. Tell your kids. They'll remember where they were, like the fucking moon landing or something. I missed that. I missed all the hype. Oh, was I missed it all of it, too. It I was, was watching so a movie, much. and then like I just come back, and I'm like, what the fuck is everyone talking about in Rachel Maddow or whatever? Yeah, it turns out that Trump, uh, he there was there's a but, there's a little box you could check on the tax return, and it says, can I be president ever? And he checked no. Uh, he's closed, he's everybody. Uh, do not uh, <laughs> fill in anything in this space. Okay. <laughs> Any day now, Libs. Any day now, it's going to happen. Some Someone on the TV box is going to swoop in and save you. Yeah, oh. I, I was I was playing GTA Five, and every, like, when I'm, like, playing a video game or uh, abusing myself, uh, and, you know, like, an hour goes by and I don't check my phone, I like to try to check it every hour to make sure that no one's... Like there's see not, if Benzino has dropped it in the mission. if Benzino's yelling at me, or also if there is an organized campaign of people yelling at me for something I said, because that's a fear, you know? I was checking that and make sure nothing bad was happening, and then they were like, it's going down tonight, and I was like, instantly knew this is going to be nothing. <laughs> when you see, like, when you see, like, all the fucking guys 
who have uh, sick of both sides in their bio, like say something's going to happen, it will never happen. Never happen. Even if he had paid nothing in taxes, even if he had been on Medicaid at the time, <laughs> nobody would care. I got food stamps. Me, I would go down. Me and I would go down with ODB to the place and load up. Government cheese all day. It was fantastic. He, he was like old dirty bastard. His fans were. <laughs> <all right. laughs> he, he was taking Ivanka in a private helicopter to pick up food yeah. stamps. This is a great gag. <laughs> Even if like the forty five percent of the country that loves this guy, they probably already think he pays nothing in taxes. You know why? Because he's smart. He knows all the deductions. That's what we need—a smart guy. Like what even would be the one thing in the tax returns that would make people go like, oh, shit, you know, I'm not voting for Trump anymore. He signs it. It's like sign this box if you're not racist. <laughs> if he took the he took the gay deduction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how. That's how you. That, like, I'm smart. Okay, I wasn't gay, but they're giving money away for it. Yeah. He also like people. Whenever he responds to any of these dumb shit things, people are like, "Oh, are we getting on your trail to the check from Putin, Mr. Trump?" And it's like, he would like issue a press release if Benzino insulted him. <laughs> he was, he knows everything that people say about him all the time. Responds to all that because he's like a fucking neurotic asshole. It's like you're never like getting to him. He's just in a constant state of yelling at people. Well, he doesn't well, know what we're saying about him. Only Baron knows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Baron, Baron's a premium subscriber. We actually we make only a thousand dollars a month from regular subscribers. Baron pays for us forty nine thousand a month. Baron posts on the subreddit. <laughs> yeah. Well, Matt, I, I know this is uh, one of your hobby horses, but I did see uh, a story the other day about how this most recent ruling that's come down against his second uh, Muslim ban. Uh, apparently, yeah. he was so upset oh. about that, his aides had to calm him down by showing him television. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is, I awesome. swear to God, this is that's reported awesome. in Politico. And they were just like, they're like, getting fussy, folks. We need just to watch some them. TV. Just sit down in front of the TV for a little bit. And then he turned on, like, they, he watched MSNBC. And he got it calmed down because he saw Alan Dershowitz say that uh, he would win the Supreme Court case. And then he went from that straight to like some other rally and he was just all hyped up again. He was like, I got a great review. The most respected legal expert in America said I'm going to take it to the Supreme Court and win. And it's like, I think, well, we all know he's a. Uh, why he respects Alan Dershowitz. Oh, yeah, they uh, love pizza. <laughs> they have a lot of pizza parties He's together. taken a lot of flights with uh, Alan before. They've yeah. gone on many uh, work vacations together. Oh, did you guys see the weird thing about how Mike Cernovich is in bed with Alan Dershowitz? Or, like, doing Fucking this? Of course he is. Isn't that, I mean, like, it makes perfect sense now that it's out. But isn't that weird? Like, I mean, isn't that perfect that that happened? Apparently, Mike Cernovich has inserted himself into this uh, ongoing legal proceeding about... Uh, the woman who is now suing Jeffrey Epstein for trafficking her as a teenager. And Dershowitz has slandered her in the press before. And of course, Mike Cernovich, who's like Mr. Pizzagate and like all about how like the Clintons are on the Lolita Express. said all that shit about fucking Vic Berger. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's such a piece of shit. He filed a motion to unseal documents in this case, but not on the behalf of the plaintiff, but on behalf of the defendants to get information in the public that would seemingly unseal it that would be unsavory to her character or something because of the accusations she made about Alan Dershowitz. And then I found out Alan Dershowitz was in one of Cernovich's fucking kooky uh, documentaries that he made. Silenced, yeah. The one where he like he's like uh, talks to like people who've been suspended from Twitter. What a great documentary, by Can the I way. Use what this a opportun- fucking moron. <laughs> Can I use this opportunity to tell my Alan Dershowitz anecdote? Go ahead, please. I had lunch next to him 
at China Cafe, which is at where a, we had at Comet Ping Ping. <laughs> no, no, it was China Cafe where we had uh, dinner after we had our tax meeting. Yep, I I was having a a, a lunch meeting with an agent in my former guys and we were sitting right next to Alan Dershowitz who I believe was his nephew or a family member and I've never tried harder to eavesdrop on a conversation but what they were talking about was the most boring shit imaginable and he was complaining that a fellow relative of theirs was complaining to him that their kid didn't get into Harvard and that he didn't try hard enough to get them into Harvard on their behalf and he goes... (laughs) What do you want from me? You got to work hard, you know? So, Ugh. and then I was just imagining what my chopstick would look like driven through his eyeball into the back of his skull. I don't care. If Dershowitz is just like uh, supposed to be this great legal mind, why would he get a uh, fake lawyer who lives off alimony to file these motions for him? Because he knows that he's a, a simp and a cat's paw and a, just a, like a can be. You know, easily that's, that's led. Like, that's like getting, like getting Carl Ziegler well to represent been like, you. Hey, uh, hey, uh, Mike, we need to get this Pizzagate information out there. And he's like, Yeah, we need to unseal the documents. Not realizing that they were. Got to get a vitamin lawyer to represent you in court, right, babe? <laughs> Got to confuse the court by getting a powerfully stupid man who sells vitamins to gamers <laughs> to confuse the fucking body. Let's do this. I'm Rich Cernovich Piana. This is Younger by the Day. My new <laughs> series on Jeffrey Epstein's jet. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's uh, moving on. Moving on from current events, <laughs> I want to talk about a topic now. Now that I have uh, Virgil uh, with me, um, I want to talk about a topic that's timeless, that unites all of us. Man, boy, love. No, uh, close, <laughs> close. I want to talk with Virgil about Garfield. Yeah, I want to talk with Virgil about Garfield and your. Rather amazing uh, Garfield-related stunt uh, the other week that got international press coverage. The Daily Mail covered this, Virgil. <laughs> the Daily Mail covered the issue uh, of whether Garfield has a gender. Uh, all the British publications covered it. Rude Bottom, Liam's uh, <laughs> Bag, yeah, Virgil, Bloke, <laughs> Lads with a Vir- Z. Virgil was in Daily Mail in between stories that were like... Do you believe that this council welfare queen on the dole should have yammies this big? <laughs> Virgil was a, a page. It was the the Sun's page three girl this week. Is <laughs> comedian Virgil Texas <laughs> and his wacky Garfield stunt. It wasn't a stunt. It wasn't. A it stunt. was a crusade. <laughs> it was activism. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I'm I, I'm basically Upton Sinclair. I, I it's apologize. It's rubbish, mate. We all know what a bloody gender a bloody Garfield is, right? <laughs> It's not a bloody question. You don't got to wonder about it. You go down to Tesco. You ask the next lad waiting to top up his mobile. He'll bloody tell you Garfield's a bloody lad, mate. Virgil, does Garfield have a todger or a minge? I don't know. Okay, I don't know. (laughs) I can only speak to what Garfield's gender is, and I'll tell you what I told uh, District Sentinel. I'll tell you what I told the Washington Post. Garfield is male. Really? That's what Jim Davis, who is the defender, the final authority on all matters related to Garfield Cannon, told the Washington Post on March 1st. Prior to March 1st, though. Prior to March 1st, Jim Davis said in an interview that was either with Mental Floss or quoted uh, by Mental Floss that... Big get for Mental Floss. <laughs> big get for <one. laughs> uh, 
up and coming publication, Mental Floss. That it sounds like dental floss. He doesn't view Garfield as having a nationality, having a race. Or having a gender. Cock Garfield globalist. is neither male nor female. So there is, one could argue, and again, you know, I was the first person to report this uh, two years on and say, yes, canonically, Garfield does not have a gender. Uh, one could make this argument that there is a contradiction in Jim Davis's personal statements, a paradox, if you will, that should be resolved through some other way. But I, I think it's time to end the fight, and that's I think what I basically said. Basically, Jim March Davis 1st. has gotten less woke over time. Yeah, it's very possible. I mean, I thought it would be the opposite, and that Jim Davis had become more woke over time, and thought, yeah, you know what? Why does why should Garfield have no a the, the the newspaper cartoonist trajectory? Like the gravity of that leans hard right. The longer your newspaper strip yeah, goes it, on, if if Foxtrot was like still running today, <laughs> like uh, <laughs> like like the dad would have been killed by an immigrant and replaced by like by like a Muslim who becomes their new dad. Wait, thought, like, no, the Foxtrot kid would definitely be alt right. He would be a Pepe. There's no question. He'd be posting oven memes to yeah. Jewish journalists. Well, all, the, all the Foxtrot kids became gamers at some point. I remember that. Yeah, yeah but that's exactly. Like, Same thing. Yeah, exactly. Matt is exactly right. The, the kid on Foxtrot would have definitely been all right by now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, we're and Paige, just... Paige would have been like one of those, like all the blonde girls that they make in factories to be on things that are called like not PC media, Re rebel flag YouTube. <laughs> the things were just like blonde girl, 19 year old blonde girls that they stick in front of cameras and they're like, I'm at a mosque. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone in the Wait family would be all right. Wait a second. In Foxtrot, Paige dated a blind man or teenager. I don't she, recall. She I don't recall. Yeah, no, I, I don't remember. know she about She dated a blind Foxtrot guy Cannon. in her high school, which is like sort of like dating a gamer. So she was already... You Wait, know, how is that like dating a gamer? Well, because yeah. they're sort of cut off from humanity, handicapped in some way. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what, the what the fuck? I'm just dude? impressed how you guys know so much backstory on Foxtrot. <laughs> what you the know, fuck? It's all coming back to me. <laughs> I was. I, I would hope as no as as my colleague, you would have, and someone in the room with three gamers right now, that you would uh, maybe cool off on the anti-gamer <laughs> racism. Cool it with the anti-Semitic remarks. There'll be an apology forthcoming, but when we're off air. Uh, I look forward to the pace bin. But back to back to Garfield, though. Enough on Foxtrot. Can't believe, never can't believe I remembered Foxtrot. Holy shit! I remember all Virgil. Of it. I I found this out yesterday. I'm wondering if you're aware of it. This is not made up. This is it was covered in a New Yorker article from this year. Are you familiar with the a very old school cartoon Crazy Cat? One yes. Of the original, yes. No, I'm, I'm very familiar with that. One of the yeah, original yeah. cat newspaper strips. Apparently, there was also controversy about Crazy Cat's gender at the time. And the creator of Crazy Cat, listen to this. I'm quoting from the New Yorker now. This is real. Crazy's gender, to the consternation of many readers, was never stable. George Harriman would switch the cat's pronouns every so often, sometimes within a strip. In one from 1921, Crazy switches gender four times in a single sentence. When Crazy is portrayed as male, the comic becomes the story of one male character openly pining for another. In some touching scenes, the characters even nestle together to sleep. For all his pestering and punishing of Crazy... Ignatz ultimately seems to have a soft spot for the ingenuous cat. When Crazy plants a kiss on the sleeping Ignatz in one daily, Ignatz's dreams, suddenly visible to the reader, become filled with little cupids and hearts. In two strips from 1915, Crazy wonders aloud whether to take unto myself a wife or a husband. 
In a strip from 1922, an owl attempts to find Crazy's gender by knocking on the cat's door and asking if the lady or gentleman of the house is in, only to find Crazy's answers to both titles. At the end of the exchange, Crazy charmingly self-identifies simply as me. And uh, I remember that article, and I uh, didn't he, uh, uh, the creator of Crazy Cat, have a conversation with, I don't know who it was, uh, like Robert Benchley or someone, who asked straight out, like, all right, what's the cat's gender? And he says, I don't know. Isn't that beautiful? But uh, Virgil, like, okay, so the, like, the, the cartoon cat has been a newspaper staple now for over a century. Yes. And the gender of these cartoon cats continues to be in question. Well, something that very much so disappointed me uh, when the papers picked up on the Garfield gender story that uh, a lot of people would, would, would message me and they would say, you know, oh, what the fuck are you talking about? The cat's obviously a boy cat, you know, and using all kinds of like a canonical arguments for it that I mean, I br- it brushes off, you know, my back. <laughs> but it is it was like ultimately disappointing that so many people were, you know, actually upset by the uh, just insinuation that, you know, maybe the cat doesn't have a gender and it doesn't actually matter. And that was, you know, I, that's, I don't view the fact that the Washington Post got Jim Davis on the record to say Garfield is male. I don't view it as a loss uh, because some, I made all these people very upset. And what I are some of the non-canonical it. arguments that people use to demand that Garfield... Okay, biggest one, biggest one, uh, it was voiced by Bill Murray, you know, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. Who voices Bart Simpson? Correct. Bill Murray. Murray. Go. Bill, Bill Murray. Murray. <laughs> Uh, I would also say that cats are girls and dogs are boys. Like, that's that's my argument there. That's true. So that makes Garfield a girl. That's fair, man. That's your opinion, and I respect <laughs> it. Uh, so Also, fuck anyone who says that Garfield is voiced by Bill Murray. Garfield will always be voiced by Lorenzo Music. In Look, my right, mind. Right, 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 from Garfield and <laughs> yeah, Friends. Yeah, yeah, there you uh, go. Then there yes. was uh, the argument that, you know, one person on Wikipedia dug up 19 fucking Garfield strips where Garfield, like, is referred to as he or a boy or something like that. And it's like, that doesn't matter. Your pronouns don't really define your gender. Well, no, there was a Garfield where he did get testicular cancer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say ultimately that the the greatest achievement of this was the fact that the the, the Washington Post, the old Posty, uh, published the words "David the Milk Milkbird." <laughs> yes, yes. yes, that was fucking amazing. So, David the Milk Milkbird is canon in reality. Yeah. No, it's it's. I'm just imagining uh, Robert Redford on Jason Robards' door at night. He's he just going, "It's only the fate of our republic." And David the Milk Milkbird, <laughs> run it. Uh, call me Depot. I actually don't really care uh, what gender Garfield is, but I will never back down from my conviction that the gang from U.S. Acres was all Polly and fucked each other. <laughs> now, how many of y'all remember U.S. Acres? Come on. That, that was what the like, fuck is U.S. Acres? U.S. Acres, no it was God, on Gar- Garfield That's the and Friends, Friends and Garfield and Friends. Garfield and Friends was the Saturday cartoon, morning cartoon right. show. And the end Friends was this like second TV show glommed onto the end of it that yeah. involved barnyard they lived animals. They on a farm and there was a pig named Orson and... There was an egg that talked, and there was Sheldon. a bunch of other animals. Eli. 
They fucked each other. U.S. Acres is also a Jim Davis trip, but none of us are familiar with it, and I have no idea where it's syndicated. I assume it's syndicated in the Midwest. It's Estonia. Like if you're, <laughs> if you grow up in Des Moines, like no, you, the Baltic you grew States up reading where they U.S. Only, Acres. Only ever run in the Baltic States. It's the only comedy in Saudi Arabia, <laughs> and, but, but it's still it's still called like the Jews Farm. <laughs> <laughs> I remember back on our the very first James Adelman episode. One, one of the funniest riffs involved Garfield <laughs> being again uh, imposing Sharia law yeah. on John Arbuckle. And here's what I want to talk about: like Garfield has been around forever; it's still going. And like you said, Virgil, you brought it back just into the zeitgeist once again. It just it, the strip still runs; yeah. it's still there. But. I think part of the appeal of it is the character of John Arbuckle. Yes. And I think part of the appeal is that he is sort of the, I don't know, er, sort of metatextual beta male figure in our culture. Yes. Yeah, he's the yeah. ultimate cuck. Right? He's he, ultimate doesn't, he doesn't yeah. even have a nose. And it was like before there were even, there were words for that, there was John Arbuckle. Like there's yeah. a strip where he drinks like dog cum, right? Yeah. yeah. Pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. 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 There was, uh, I, think, I think the dog cum one and, uh, was one of the most infamous strips, of course. Obviously very con- controversial in the Garf community. And the other one was uh, this one. <laughs> I, I'm like sh- a fetish community. The Garf I'm, community. If you look it out on Wikipedia, it's under Garfield Controversies. And it was <laughs> a strip that ran about uh, a few years ago. Uh, yeah, why don't you look it up and read it? Because I, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to butcher it. But it was a cartoon that ran on uh, Veterans Day, Ooh. I believe. And uh, are you, are you finding it? Hold on yeah, a second. yeah. Click on. He drinks dog cum on Veterans Day. No, no, no. That was a separate <laughs> one. I'm saying these are these are two of the most hotly debated Garfield. Okay, strips. 2010 Veterans Day. Yeah, yeah. Read, read that okay. one out. Check us out. Davis attracted criticism from the mainstream media for a Garfield <laughs> strip in which the last panel appeared to be a negative reference to Veterans Day that appeared in newspapers on November 11th, 2010. In the strip, a spider who is about to be squashed by Garfield boasts that if he is squished, he will get a holiday. In his remembrance. Oh my God! The next that's panel awesome. shows a classroom of spiders in which a teacher asks the students why spiders celebrate National Stupid Day, <laughs> implying that the spider was squished. That's Davis so quickly awesome. apologized for the poorly timed comic strip, <laughs> saying that it had been within a year and it had been written within a year in advance, and that both he and his brother and son were veterans. This so- was meant for last veterans. Yeah, that was like I do like the idea that he's actually secretly a Maoist third worldist who's just slipping <laughs> propaganda into the thing. Yeah, he's he. That's either Maoist third worldism or like Kuminius. <laughs> Garfield, Mar Garb America. <laughs> that's fucking awesome. I love Jim Davis. Oh, that's- and Will, Will, on another point, another non uh, uh, canonical argument that people would make was uh, they would point to a non canonical source, which was Garfield's pet force. Where explain what Garfield's <laughs> pet force is? Basically, there's a divergence point in the Garfield canon where <laughs> Garfield's pet force is it's a series of comic books aimed at a younger audience. <laughs> Not Wait a minute! How, how fucking much younger? Like Fetuses? <laughs> how younger do you get than the audience for Garfield? Basically, uh, Garfield and the gang are having a uh, barbecue, and uh, an interdimensional rift opens up where they're transported <laughs> to another planet where they have these superhero bodies that are like human bodies, basically. And uh, so you see uh, Arlene, and she has you know she's like breasts and shit like that. Yeah. And then you see Garfield, <laughs> and he's this rippling ab he man in this skin tight you know fucking body outfit with 
a fucking big package. <laughs> and there's a that whole still doesn't mean he has a gender, though. That's true. That's true. That's true. In my opinion, like the, the the argument is simple. Like that's not canon. What why, what makes that not canon though? Because there's they a divergence point. Okay, this is another planet. It's an it's a divergence. So they point. went to another planet, and the original Garfield's still in the original planet. Yes, the original Garfield continues on the strips, and you know, canon extends to one. The notes and the public proclamations of Jim Davis to the strips. That and was. I like you're just saying Jim Davis is like some sort of like prophet now. Yeah, Garfield. Well, that's Cannon. how canon works. Somebody. <laughs> that's how canon works. Somebody said to me like, "Oh, well, you know, that's you know, they couldn't do that with with Star Wars because then it's like every fucking dumb thing that George Lucas says would be canon." And yeah, you better believe I quoted Wikipedia <laughs> to him because that's literally how Lucasfilm canon worked. I just want to jump in and say that when we were, you know, roughly planning the show today, Will was like, yeah, we got to talk about Garfield. I'm like, that's going to be like 10 minutes. We need to. And we've been going for. I just want to say I'm happy to be disproven. It's been roughly 40 minutes of Garfield. Uh, So like (laughs) there was that kids Garfield ped forest, which is also what Mike Sternovich has. (laughs) Superhero team, ped forest. Okay. And but there was also that was for kids. But there was also Dark Garfield. That was Christopher Nolan's (laughs) first creative gig. And it was Garfield like with stubble in the woods, and every show opened with Johnny Cash hurt. And it was like <laughs> him sleeping in, sleeping in in like a in like a sort of deindustrialized hellhole. And it's like I hurt myself today. No, no. Here he goes. I hurt myself Monday. <laughs> God damn it, now there's going to be a gritty reboot of Garfield. Thanks a lot. There, there is. There's going to be a Zack Snyder reboot of Garfield. <laughs> and it's they're, they're going to be like, Zack, the, Garfield and Odie never fucked in the, in the strip. And he's like, I don't give a shit. You mentioned the uh, the Garfield pet forest, that there are like Garfield heads on like these big rippling bodies. And I'd yeah. just like to say... When the Chapo action movie comes out, it's going to be a remake of Point Break. It's going to be the third remake of Point Break, but instead of the ex-presidents, we'll all just have Garfield character masks <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. when we break into a bank. So I'll be normal. Yes. I've always had a begrudging <laughs> respect for normal. Well, you're the alpha. You're going to be Garfield. I think I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Odie. Odie's Odie? like the jock of Garfield. Uh, what other characters are there? Uh, there's Arlene, Garfield's girlfriend. Garfield's girlfriend. Which was another uh, argument people made. Like, uh, Garfield can't be, uh, have no gender because Garfield has a girlfriend. Bullshit. Like, no, yeah, he's bull- not, bullshit. He's not yeah. asexual. Yeah. No, Garfield is definitely not asexual. Well, Garfield well, is asexual. Oh, that being that said, I am f- positive about. <laughs> yeah, I got into a lot of trouble responding to Virgil on Twitter because I said Garfield's Volcel. And. Pretty much Frog Twitter just jumped the fuck on me and said, hey, you can't use that term. It was amazing. <laughs> they That's every more word. No, they say that. Yeah, they, we get a lot of that. Yeah, they, they're like, like, we invented this uh, two months ago. And it's like, no, you didn't. I got uh, we imaged what we heard it on Opie and Anthony. I got images sent to me that described like a meme pipeline from you guys to Jeet. Like, you guys <laughs> have spread memes from you to Jeet, and now Jeet says Volsol. So. We were like, they, these people. That's the real Panama <laughs> Papers. But uh, back to Garfield. Um, I just say, like, I have. Garfield has always meant a lot to me. Garfield was oh, yeah. like my, my. That was like the first thing I was like really into. Uh, and it was the first thing I ever drew. 
was Garfield. I taught myself to draw Garfield from the from the newspaper strips because it was my. I started out tracing it, and then I sort of got the formula down, and I, I would draw Garfield That's all what the Will time. Will did it his second year at Norton. Yeah. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> Will, do you have those? Wait, do you have those drawings? I, God, probably like somewhere like in my parents' house. Oh wait, let's see that. Oh, because I have one. Uh, when I was at a party here in uh, Lehigh, oh played, yeah, uh, we played this game. I, I don't know why we started playing it, but it was draw like cartoon characters from memory. And I drew uh, one of them was Garfield. I could draw Garfield from memory. I when my still eyes have closed. a drawing of that. Like I took a picture with my phone. It's somewhere. I'll dig it up. You can post it. If yeah, we find it was it. pretty disturbing. But he, <laughs> he looks like a buck. <laughs> he clearly. <laughs> so I, I would draw Garfield all the time, and then as a kid, no, no, actually as a. An associate editor at WW Norton. I, you know, instead of working there, I sent a fan email to Jim Davis. Uh, no, I, I wrote I wrote Jim Davis a fan letter when I was a kid, and I sent him one of my Garfield drawings. And wouldn't you know it, he wrote back. And I'm sure it was like a form letter, because I'm sure he got like thousands of letters from kids. But he signed it, and to this day, I still have a signed Jim Davis letter uh, in my house. So I will always, you know. Jim Davis, good people. Jim. Even uh, if he is ruthlessly enforcing a, a outmoded gender binary. Yeah. And also, uh, stop fucking with the lasagna cat videos, please. Oh, yeah, that's true. But at the end of the day, Jim Davis is in charge of Garfield Cannon, and we should all respect Cannon. Yeah, the way that uh, like people felt about Bush after 9-11, that's how I feel about Jim Davis at all times. <laughs> He's our leader. We have to respect him. Hope you bring lots of spaghetti. This show is K-rated. No adults unless accompanied by a kid. Let's let's move on. I'm actually I gotta say, I'm really glad we got a chance to to talk Garfield. I'm really glad too, William. How long have we known each other? <laughs> Year or two? A couple years? It took this long? Yeah, unbelievable. Just gotta get things out there. Yeah, let's get it out there. Um, well, it doesn't matter. But um, you ready for this shit? Let's let's uh let's let's switch gears. I got a I got a little reading series for you guys Ooh. this week. You feeling that? Let's do it. Um this is a re- this is a medley that I've arranged here and this is a return to a classic character. Can you guys guess who it is? I'm going to say Caleb. Caleb? It's Caleb. Yes. Oh, it's it's yeah! Caleb. <laughs> now Going into this, I, I realized that like there are only so many letters to Caleb because you know they happen once a year, and then Jeff stopped doing them when Caleb had a psychic break and <laughs> ran away to New York City for uh, and was missing for eighty hours. And he realized, oh wait, maybe I shouldn't berate my son in my newspaper column every year. Maybe that's warping him in some way. So I feel like the best Caleb's are like in the later years when he became like an adolescent, and the, all the columns are just like. Why have you become such a willful little boy? Your mama and I are so sad. <laughs> but there is still some 
excellent um, Caleb cuts. So I want to read now. I've arranged sort of a medley of uh, Caleb for you guys, and uh, I, I hope it lives up to his uh, his previous his appearance. Okay. For those of you who are not aware or, or not been versed in the Caleb Jacoby saga, Caleb is the son of Boston Globe columnist Jeff Jacoby, who for many years wrote a year, an annual column to his son uh, titled Letters to Caleb, in which he proceeded to, uh, you know, in a schmaltzy way, talk about fatherhood, but really just berate his own son for his re- readership. And then when he was a teenager, I think back in 2014, uh, Caleb ran away from home and went from all the way from Boston to New York City and was found, I think, in like the M&M store in Times Square <laughs> after being missing for 80 hours. <laughs> and uh, the letters to Caleb that I discovered as a result of this are sort of like the Rosetta Stone for why and how this happened. For those who want to uh, rediscover or discover for the first time the first appearances of Caleb on the show, the first one is episode 49. These are both subscriber episodes. Um, episode 49, simply titled Caleb, and episode 64, uh, which I think is called Candyman 4, Curse of Caleb. And, uh, <laughs> and, that's, and that's where we have two very, very rich and deep readings from the... Uh, the the Caleb uh, archives. Here are some samples from past Caleb readings. He begins, my beloved Caleb. (laughs) I used to think that I had this fatherhood thing down pat. For your first five or six years, you were such a charming and lovable kid. So he, he praises his son for another paragraph, but then he says, But as splendid as you so often are, Caleb, you can also be quite awful. <laughs> Open letter to my shitty son. Dude, this is in a newspaper. You've even written poison pencil notes and left them for us to find. Quote, I hate you. You're a bad mother. <laughs> God damn, Caleb goes hard. Jesus Christ. Caleb asked me a listener. The fact that there's a strange uh, uh, wolf-like dog that follows you everywhere and barks at people is very disturbing Uh, to me. Sometimes you're a great kid. Other times your eyes turn black and you say the true name of God to me. (laughs) He's like, Caleb, let's not forget our disastrous trip to the baboon sanctuary. Testing the sales is the name of this letter. It begins as they all do. My beloved Caleb. Not long ago, I stumbled upon a document you created on your computer. It was titled... Oh, no. Oh, Oh, boy. It was... (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, boy. It was titled... Rules and Suggestions for Stealing Candy. I didn't know what it was going to be, but I didn't know it was going to be that good. That is the best thing it could have been. This is the best it could have been. All right, now we're back in present day for a new Caleb reading. So, like I said, this is a letter written to a very young Caleb, and it begins, My beloved Caleb, you gave me a real jolt a few nights ago. You had just gotten into bed for the night, and I was sitting with you so we could talk for a few minutes before saying goodnight. Papa, you announced, I will get a gun. (laughs) I couldn't have been more startled if your heads had spun 360 degrees. Not that I am a gun hater. On the contrary, 
I think that in the hands of honest people, guns do more good than harm. But if there's one thing to understand that intellectually and something different to hear, I will get a gun come out of the mouth of a child who is just turning three. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. Especially when the papers are reporting a horrible story. In Michigan, a first grade boy has shot and killed a first grade girl. A gun? Who could have put such ideas in your head? And then I remembered... I did. <laughs> oh my god! He goes on to talk about how he read a read Caleb a Peter Rabbit bedtime story that included some guy using a gun. It go it goes on and on like that. But I just like the opening scene of just Papa. I will get a gun. <laughs> Instructions on how to go into a gun show: get a forty cal and mop your dad up. <laughs> okay, but like this whole thing about like he's talking like his three year old and he's like. Do you know that a first grader killed another first grader the other day? This is a repeated theme throughout these And it's also like kids say stuff like that all the time. Yes, absolutely. Okay, this is another one. This is called Messages to My Son. Uh, My beloved Caleb, you're 10. I can't believe a decade has elapsed since I wrote the first of those annual letters to you. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) 10 glorious years of just... Punishing psychic abuse. He's been punishing Caleb and browbeating him like since he was since he was a zygote, basically. An infant, yeah. You were only 16 days old, the first letter began. See, at 16 days, this kid was already Already, you're screwed. a selfish, yeah. terrible baby. <laughs> pumping this into the pregnant stomach. I marveled at the emotion I felt for an infant I barely knew and prayed that life would bring you many blessings. But the real point of that letter was that I was already thinking about your character and how much I wanted you to grow up to be a decent, kind, and honest. Like every parent, I want you to do well, I wrote, but more than anything else, I want you to do good. Ten years later, I know so much more about you than I did then. I know that you have a good mind and are an avid reader. I know that you love vanilla ice cream, but recoil from grilled cheese sandwiches. What an asshole. Caleb, oh. what the fuck? What the fuck, Caleb? You know how Weird. good grilled cheese sandwiches are? Dark sign. I think that's in the dark triad. If you don't like <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I know that you will try to brazen your way through even the most obvious lie. I know that you're an uncomplaining yeah. patient when you're sick and a champion sulker when you're angry. I know that you dote on your little brother. I also know that your formative years are speeding by. For better or worse, your upbringing is half over. And like, yeah, like, it's half over, but your life is already over because those first 10 years have already completely warped you beyond any hope of becoming a normal human being because of, yeah. of your ridiculous, awful parents. But uh, Caleb, that's in, that's in my letter to you. <laughs> um, but the message of that first letter, character matters and I want yours to be good, is one that I still try to communicate to you. You certainly heard me say it often enough. <laughs> when I asked you a few weeks ago to tell Micah what I want both, both of you to be when you grow up, you knew the answer. A good person, you replied, with a here we go again roll of your eyes. <laughs> that is, that's, by the way, that's the most sacrilegious shit is to name your sons after, like, characters in the Bible who, like, picked up mountains and threw them to defend the Hebrews or the fuck is in the Bible. <laughs> uh, but it's your sons are just, like, candy stealing uh kids who don't talk because you've ritualistically browbeaten them and abused them you've like fucking tied them down and hit them with william bennett books (laughs) the the clockwork orange but it's a fucking dennis prager youtube video (laughs) (laughs) okay here we go 
I, 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 I'm skipping a little bit, but uh, Jeff continues. Some messages I try to convey through behavior more than words. I want you and Micah to become loving fathers and husbands, so I make sure that open affection is something you see and get a lot of. Some men are inhibited about kissing or hugging their wives or addressing them with terms of endearment. You're growing up in an environment where your father makes no secret of his love for your mother. Caleb, I'm not Caleb. I'm not dicking down your mom on the kitchen table for me. <laughs> Caleb, well, what? that's funny because like he's like, you know, I want you to grow up where like positive male and female roles are like, you know, just are, are modeled to you every day, which is why I refer to my wife as mama in every one of these columns that I'm writing to you. Caleb, a, Caleb, a wife is a woman who you fuck and she's also your mom. Every woman is a mom. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb, I have no idea why you're fucked up. It gets better. It gets better. It gets better. I hope your children will grow up in a similar environment. Speaking of your children, I have been shamelessly propagandizing you for years on the advantages of marrying early and having lots of kids. Two things I didn't do, but wish I had. When you're 22 years old and you get married and have five children, I remember asking you when you were about four. Oh, my God. Ready for this? What will their names be? You said they would all be named Caleb. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfuckers, the George Farmer to Brookline. <laughs> Caleb, <laughs> Caleb is the resistance. Think about how, like, this is like a David Cronenberg movie. This is <laughs> so <laughs> fucked up. You could replace. This is like fucking Dog Tooth. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Sister in the fucking bathroom until they make a baby. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going back to the decency matters most column. This is really good. So, like, remember when I said, like, you know, in in his like first letter to his kid, he's like, you know, I just saw how innocent you were, and then we immediately thought of all the evil that exists in this world. <laughs> The title of this one is Decency Matters Most, Caleb. (laughs) It begins, as they all do. My beloved Caleb, you haven't gotten much bigger since last March. You're only three inches taller and three pounds heavier. But those aren't the only ways in which you've been maturing. When you turned four last year, he's not mature. He's a fucking toddler. uh, He's like measuring his skull size. (laughs) (laughs) When you turned four last year, you were so stricken by the thought of a celebration that uh, would make you the center of attention that you didn't even want your nursery class to share a cake and sing happy birthday. But when you turned five this month and mama arranged a small birthday party, you enjoyed every minute, even when your friends sang happy birthday twice. And do you remember how, after the puppet show and ice cream, you couldn't wait to take the kids upstairs so they could all clamber to the top of your bunk bed? When we first got you that bed nine months ago, even getting into the bottom bunk made you uneasy. Not anymore. Not th- Okay, so it goes on. Not that we're in any hurry for you to grow up. You are a happy, secure, and deeply loved five-year-old boy. And it would secure! Be a- <laughs> Your 401k is doing great. (laughs) And it would be a crime to let you learn too soon just how unhappy, insecure, and hateful a place the world can be. That is why for you, last September 11th was just another day in pre-kindergarten. Oh, Oh my God. (laughs) 
Caleb, I've painted Caleb to ease you into the trauma of 9/11. I've painted hints th- about the Holocaust into your bedroom, knowing that you're a precocious lad who looks for the truth. I, I've left. That's little- where they got in bunk beds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb, Caleb, you may be wondering why. Caleb, Caleb, that one second. Listen to this. Okay, that is why for you, last September 11th was just another day in pre-kindergarten. You didn't learn then, and you haven't learned since about the mass murders that took place on that terrible morning. Nor do you know anything about the savage bombings that have killed hundreds of innocent people, including children younger than you, in Israel, a country, a country you have visited twice. He's five. five. He's five. Caleb, Caleb, even though you were already promised in marriage to Ariel Sharon's granddaughter, you could. And then, no, dude. He starts out talking about September 11th. Then he talks about fucking bombings in Israel. And he's just getting this. He's just getting started. He goes, you have never heard that a mother in Texas drowned all her five children in a bathtub. Priests committing sexual abuse? Question mark. Anthrax sent through the mail? Of all these horrors, you are blissfully ignorant. For now... That is not to say you don't know that terrible things can happen in the world. You've learned in preschool, and we've talked about at home, some of the atrocities that are recorded in the Bible. (laughs) Oh. Pharaoh's malevolent decree to drown every Jewish baby boy, for example. But it is one thing to know of such episode and stories from long ago. It is far more unsettling to know that evil and terror are all two real parts of the world you now live in. He goes on. Of course, I hope that you were never the cause of injustice or suffering either. (laughs) Caleb, I hope you never become radicalized. (laughs) No, (laughs) that is why we place so much emphasis on the importance of kindness and decency and not hurting other people. Do you remember the day last summer when you bit a girl in your preschool camp (laughs) because she took the marker you wanted? When I heard about it that evening, I was appalled and insisted that you apologize right away. Mama called the girl's house and gave you the phone when she came on. I'm sorry I bit you, you told her. I won't do it again. That's what happens when you take your kid to Israel. I'm pretty sure this is the backstory to Dexter, right? (laughs) (laughs) The reason we make such a big deal about how you treat other people is because we know what can happen when they don't make that a priority. Their children sometimes grow into monsters who fly airliners into office buildings or detonate bombs in crowded pizzeria or prey sexually on teenagers who turn to them for counsel. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) If only Muhammad Atta's father had written a letter the Cairo Post to him every year. (laughs) (laughs) Woo. Oh my God! <laughs> how many Caleb Jacoby? How many of y'all like Caleb? How, how many in Caleb's family like Caleb? Now this is a hundred percent real. I'm with my horrible, selfish son on top of the Empire State Building. <laughs> Caleb could be our best material. We laughed the hardest Caleb. It's yeah, out of the no reading question. series. It's the funniest I've reading like series. I've like popped blood vessels laughing <laughs> at Caleb. Oh, Caleb! How old is he now? He's like he's a teenager. Like he makes no. What, he, what Caleb does now is he does beats. He's like a SoundCloud <laughs> rapper. It's your next beef, <laughs> Caleb the fucking SoundCloud. No, Caleb is like a SoundCloud beat producer. <laughs> Caleb Jacob, you already know who it is. <laughs> Caleb is actually Young Chop. Yeah, the guy who they say is Young Chop—that's just somebody they hired, but it's actually Caleb. He's like Caleb, my young boy, my beautiful young boy, Caleb. If you grow up. And people don't trust you. I will shoot them. <laughs> Caleb, Caleb, my sweet boy, 
the kind of boy you are now informs the man you'll become. I hope that when you're you're older and hear somebody in a barber shop talking sweet on Chief Keep, you fucking whoop their ass. <laughs> Yo, uh, Caleb Jacoby, uh, producing Benzino's new album. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, it's you know, look at it. Like I mean, I, again, like I said when we first said, I'm not making fun of Caleb. I'm glad Caleb he's doing seems like he's, a good. He seems guy, like yeah, yeah. He's, he seems like a Caleb good guy. Caleb has been through enough. Yeah, yeah. But like he, like, all his beats have titles like, like, on the grind, <laughs> resilience, yeah, 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 yeah. hard work. He's I have a, definitely, he's definitely gonna have five kids by the time he's 22. I'm totally confident of that. Just like how Jim Davis is the final authority on canon. Uh, Jeff, Caleb's father, is the final authority on all Caleb canon. So, actually, I'd like to use this as a plea now to Jeff Jacoby. Jeff, please start writing these letters to your son every year again. I can't deal that like it's a limited run on these i need more wait doesn't he have another kid or something like your entire style yeah. is chump <laughs> oh yeah he has a, a younger brother micah <laughs> jeff jacoba please start writing letters <laughs> yeah. to micah now that's there's a, still time that's a really good question like why doesn't he write these to micah you want to hear something fucked out yeah i think it's because micah's adopted Oh, he talks about that in the column. He talks about it in the column. I don't know. Only my blood gets my letters. He has someone else write a letter to me. As a child of adoption myself, I think that's mega fucked up. Yeah, yeah, that shit's fucked. Yeah, (laughs) if you don't be writing letters to all your kids about how selfish they are. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. That was a joy to uh, to share with you guys. As always, it was a joy to share with uh, Virgil for the first time, and of course with Leon also for the first time. Uh, and with you, the listener, I always love talking sexy to you, the listener, <laughs> like a real warrior do. All right, the difference it. between wannabes like you and a real warrior like me is you just a wannabe. You won't post a pixelated bird online. <laughs> So everyone, if you're not doing so already, uh, follow Leon on yeah, Twitter. You probably He's, are. You probably are already. Yeah, I mean, Leon's one of the best accounts he is, out yeah, there. The, consistently, some of the best fucking posts. Yeah. Well, some of the and best, replies. Some of the best visual gags and replies. Uh, Titus, Titus, like, like. It's the only thing I'm good at is posting online. That's the only thing we're good at, Leon. You, you know that Leon's tier one because like all his replies are good. That's like true tier one poster material. That's what I call. A Dan K. Dan K. Yeah, Dan K. Status. We're all posters here. This is, yeah. this is a safe space. We, yeah. We, yeah, posting made it happen for all of us. Yeah, after Trump destroys America, we can trade a you know posting advice for. Well, he's another poster. Who he's won. a poster. Yeah, <laughs> he said at a rally the other day, I probably wouldn't be here without Twitter. <laughs> he's right. He's right. Yeah. That was so fucked yeah, up. It's so That's fucked. So fucked up, and we're riding the same crest into just yeah. fucking oblivion yeah. right now. So enjoy it, everybody. Woo. It's Chapo, baby. Woo. See ya. Good night. Bye. Bye.